Hey listeners, we are back with another episode of the Spinoff Show. We have a returning guest for this one, Mr. TJ Johnson from the Voice from the Underground podcast, a pop culture and political show. On this episode, I have him back on because he's a huge Laker fan, as you may have already known from listening to either the past spinoff show with TJ Johnson or some jock talks on our Patreon feed. In this episode, we discuss the totality of Kobe Bryant's career, not only his career on the court, but his impact off the court and the totality of him as a human being. We get into some uh, very interesting and, and difficult discussion about the man, the human, the mistakes, the accomplishments, everything. It's all on the table for this episode, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. This is The Jock Spinner Show. DJ John Stone, as your host on Voice from Underground, I'd like to call you. How's it going? Welcome back. That's my that's my that's my pseudonym. That's my pseudo. It's my stage name. Yeah. Uh, but let me tell you something about Tony because he he tends to ruin lives. Okay. I don't <laughs> want you to don't get it don't get attached to that. I'm just I'm I'm just TJ. It's just TJ. Just TJ. I'm just TJ. It's okay. Okay. Well, you you're you're like the only one that actually uses your real last name. You know, I, I think. There's a certain authenticity that comes when you use your real last name. Like, I'm not somebody that really has anything to hide. Um, yeah. You know, I, I stand by what I say. If I said it, I said it. Uh, and if I said it, I meant it. It doesn't mean that I'm not infallible. It doesn't mean that I'm better than anybody. You know, I, I'm, I'm susceptible to making a mistake or or saying something that could be perceived and incorrectly. Point is, you know, I, I've got nothing to hide. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's well, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're what is this? February fourth. So, what is this? About a week and a half. Yeah, it's about about a yep, about a week and a half. A week and a half. So nine, ten days removed. Looking at the title of the show, or if you've listened to my intro for the show, you obviously know what we're going to talk about. Um, talking about the untimely, tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, TJ being a big Laker fan, big sports guy. Figured it'd be appropriate to to have him on. We were supposed to do this last week. He yeah, decided to fall goodness. asleep. <laughs> it's so sad. I was sitting up. I was sitting up. I had just eaten an enchilada. My wife made these bomb, big, stupid, fat enchiladas. Must have been really good. It was, man. And I was just and I said, I'm not gonna go to sleep because I gotta record. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna watch something. Oh, I think I was watching something on YouTube. I don't know. I was watching something. And next thing I know, I'm waking up, and I'm like, "What the heck? What time is it?" And I'm seeing all these freaking messages from Tony. I'm like, "Oh crap, Tony, I'm sorry, man." <laughs> it was actually YouTube it worked, was watching me, man. It, was bad. it actually worked out just fine because I I had to pack that night, yeah. so I was going. Well, I know if this runs long, I don't want this to have to. I don't want to cut this shorter than it needs to be. So <laughs> I guess it kind of worked out. But yeah, we're oh, we're that, we were supposed to do it last week. Yeah. We're doing it now. It's, it's obviously a week and a half after. Um, I guess the first thing I want to ask you was: this is definitely one of those moments I feel like where you're like, "Where were you when this oh, happened?" Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and the the last time I thought of an athlete that or someone that's this popular that I could think of on the same level 
Um, Imran had mentioned Prince. Prince wasn't a big thing for me, but Michael Jackson, yes. I definitely remember when yep. that happened. Yep. Um, but, you know, what were, where were you? What was where your initial you reaction and all that? Yep. Um, so we had just, we had just left church. And I, and absolutely, I, I, this would be a day that I probably will remember for the rest of my life. We had, we had just left church and we were at this, uh, restaurant called Happy Grilled Cheese. You know, I, I enjoy a good grilled cheese now and then. Mm. And they do all these special kind of grilled cheeses. Got to check it out if you're in Jacksonville, Florida. Happy grilled cheese. Who goes to Jacksonville? Okay, never mind. Nobody. Sorry. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so it was there and we were all just, we were sitting down and uh, just eating myself, my wife, and a couple of other uh, uh, of our friends from, from church. And just sitting there eating. And then all of a sudden, my wife's, my, my brother-in-law calls me. And I'm like, okay, it's just interesting. Usually he'll call his sister first and then he'll call me or for whatever, but he called me directly. And he's like, yo, I just wanted to check on you, make sure you were good. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Why, <laughs> what, what, why are you telling, why are you asking me if I'm good? You know, I, I didn't know if you heard about Kobe. So obviously this all happened for people that may not have known, which I'm pretty sure is nobody at this point, but this happened the day after LeBron surpassed Kobe Bryant as the third leading uh, right. scorer of all time. Um, in Kobe's hometown of Philadelphia, uh, no less. So I'm thinking that that's what he's referring to. And he's like, you know, I just wanted to check on you, make sure you were straight. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm good. It's okay. It's a record. It's meant to be broken. It was inevitable. LeBron is substantially younger than Kobe. He got into the league earlier, or not earlier, but he's he was the man earlier than Kobe was. So uh, he's going to naturally probably beat every record that Kobe had outside of anything Laker-specific. And uh, he's like, no, nah, that's not what I'm talking about. So then I'm thinking he's talking about the fact that he did it in his hometown. Mm. So I'm like, well, it was just in Philly. I mean, it's not, again, yeah. it's not a big deal, it's bro. Not, right. Why are you calling me looking about this? He's like, bro, Kobe's dead. I said, what? Uh, nah, nah, bro. Nah, why would you even joke about something like that? He's like, man, I'm not. I was like, okay. All right, let me call you back. So now <laughs> everybody at the table is looking at me like, what's going on? I'm like, y'all, y'all keep going. Let me, I, I need to look something up real quick. I go to ESPN. Nothing. No mention of anything. I'm like, well, if anybody would know anything about an athlete passing away, it'd be ESPN, right? Right. ESPN would be all over it. So I'm like, okay, they didn't say a word. So I said, okay, well, let me go to my absolute number one trusted source for all information that's absolutely true. I'm going to go to Twitter. And so <laughs> I jump on Twitter and I go and look and see what's trending. And all of a sudden I see Kobe, uh, hashtag Kobe dead or all right, you know, whatever the Kobe, particular, yeah, yeah R.I.P. Kobe. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So now I go in, it pulls up a, a, a CNBC article, uh, which then links to a TMZ article. And I'm reading it and I'm just like, wow, like, like this actually happened. Like, this is for real for this is not a, this is not a joke. Um, so fast forward just a, just a little bit, a little bit. Um, we're all still in the restaurant and all of a sudden, right after I, I read the report off of TMZ, then I jump, I jump back to ESPN and now they have something up. Now everything is starting to circulate and it's starting to circulate quickly. So now all of a sudden you see, you hear a lot of phone notifications go off. It's like everywhere you turn, there's a phone notification to bing, 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 bing. Mm. And everybody's looking down at their phone and I'm talking with uh, my table and all of a sudden I look up and I make contact with this guy across the room. It was like magic. It was love at first sight. No, I'm just kidding. Make contact, eye contact with this guy across the room, and he just looks at me. 
and you can see the tears start to well up in his eyes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, you can see. You, I can see the the. I can see the processing. I can see he's got this bewildered. Like, are you kidding me? Look, and there was never a word said. I never said a word to him. He never said a word to me. Um, but there was an understanding that I knew what he was talking about, and I just said, "I know." Damn. And he looked at me. He was like, are you, "Like, is this a joke?" I said, "Nah, bro." But again, I, I had no. I couldn't tell you what the guy's name was. I, I have no idea who he is, but. I, you can just see how his his death just hit people, and I think for me personally, and it's, it's I don't want this to come off as cold, but his death didn't hit me as hard the day it happened because the information I got out was very very scarce. So all you heard about was the fact that Kobe died, his wife wasn't in the helicopter, and at that particular time the body count was at five five right, and there was a lot there was some conflicting stuff on if oh, his yeah. daughters were in there. I mean, I saw one really bad one where someone from, I forget which major network or someone from a, that what works at ABC, NBC or CBS. One of the three mm-hmm. might've been NBC, but mm-hmm. don't quote me on that reported that all his daughters were on the, on the helicopter. Yeah. And then someone like Rick Fox was on the helicopter. And right. Like, I okay. heard that rumor. So, like, too. There's just, there's too many rumors. But the first thing I did say, the first thing I said, I said, where was Gianna? Because I know, She's been like his right hand, like where he was, Gianna was right next to him for like the last two, three years because of how close they've gotten due to Gianna's evolving um, love of the game of basketball. So now she's picking dad's brain and dad's available for her to pick his brain. And so they're they're inseparable. So my first gut reaction, I think this is as a father, is where's Gianna? Because the, the article made it its business to say, Vanessa was not on the helicopter. So, okay. So where are the other girls? We were talking about Vanessa not being on a helicopter, but just tell me where Gianna is. I just want to know where Gianna is. And, um, so, you know, fast forward a little bit during the day and all of a sudden the news starts to leak out that Gianna was also with him, but they're still not releasing the names of anybody else. And they still had never even officially said John. It was just reported that there's a chance that Gianna was on the helicopter with him. And then, you know, the confirmation started coming in. And that day I was a little numb to it. You know, I got a ton of phone calls from people that, you know, my ex-wife called me. You know, wow. it's real when your ex-wife calls you to check on you, right? Like, Well, rewind not, a little <laughs> bit. <We'll laughs> rewind right. a little bit. Like, okay. just describe. So, I mean, this is. This is good because it it shows the fandom of you had for oh, yeah. the Lakers. But just describe, you know how My how love. long you've been. Yeah, oh, your God, love for yes. the Lakers okay. and I guess Kobe. Yeah, just so. to provide some context for why your ex wife would call you. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so you owe um, me some money. No, I know, right? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, nah, man. I'm I'm. That's all automatic, bro. I don't play with that. I don't play with support. But um, the, a little context in that regard. Uh, I've been a fan of the game of basketball since I can remember the first person that truly got me interested in the game of basketball was Michael Jordan. You know, he, he was the one that kind of introduced me to it. Uh, my love, my passion for the game of basketball didn't happen until Kobe was drafted. Uh, I do remember, um, in my eighth grade year, I did my DRP, which is, you know, the documented research paper. You had to go into the library and go into the car catalog. This is back in the day. I'm dating myself, but you actually had to go into a library and look at books and you had to go and get a card catalog and find stuff. And I would find any information I could on the Los card Angeles catalog, Lakers. Man, you're going to confuse I these kids. Oh, right. <laughs> you had to go to this thing called a card catalog 
uh, to find information that you're looking for and actually give you a, a location. It's almost like a think of like a a written down GPS for right. libraries, right? I, remember, or, I, re- I actually do remember those. Yeah, or a map for the library, if you will. So I did my documented research paper on the Los Angeles Lakers uh, because Magic Johnson shared the same last name as I did. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll look at them. And I fell in love with everything Los Angeles. I mean, the fact that they start off as Minneapolis Lakers, and that's why they got the name because Minneapolis is a city of a 1,000 lakes, right. 100,000 lakes or whatever. And so they're the Minneapolis Lakers, and they moved and came to Los Angeles Lakers, and George Mikan was a big man there. And just just this history, this history, this rich tapestry of 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 winning and this culture that they de- that they developed. Um, I fell in love with the purple and gold, and ever since then I've been bleeding purple and gold. So you fast forward to 1996. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you actually kind of rewind a little bit because I talked about eighth grade in '96, '97 when Kobe was drafted. Uh, that was my junior, my junior, junior high school. Yeah, sixth, seventh grade. Um, just was watching this kid. You know, this kid that came out of high school. And of course, at that point, I've got hoop dreams, so I'm thinking I can do it too. Uh, but he comes out of high school, and he's just this, this, this riveting, just this player that people are, are talking about, and they're not even necessarily talking about it for a good way. Because remember, he came out of high school, but he wasn't exactly a great player right off the jump. No, uh, but he he would also well, he, he was, was not a great player. Champion, yeah, yeah. dunk. But thir- I think thirteenth, right? Yeah, thirteenth. I, I think Charlotte. he was. He was more popular with the kids because I think Brandy took him to prom, or he exactly. took Brandy to prom. He took Brandy to prom, right? And, uh, so that's how we knew him. You know, we had seen him on the Moesha show, right? Um, you had a co- I think he had a couple episodes where he was on there for a little bit. Um, so, and then you, you you wonder. I mean, the the Lakers traded away Vladi Divac for the rights to Kobe Bryant. It's like okay, for the Lakers to trade away Vladi, this kid's, this kid's got to be something special. He's got to be halfway decent at least. I mean. I don't know what Jerry West seen in him at the. I mean, obviously we know now, but right. at that particular moment, at a seventeen year, I think he couldn't even sign his own contract. His parents had to sign his actual first NBA contract. Um, but for Jerry West, who was the um, executive at the time for the Los Angeles Lakers, to sign Kobe Bryant uh, and trade away Vladi Divac for just a chance to sign the rights to sign Kobe Bryant, that's, that's, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. This is the logo we're talking about. This is the guy and he says i want kobe so you you immediately started paying attention and obviously he didn't get hot right off the gate took a couple years he had to play under dale harris who did not like him uh wasn't a fan of him airballed those those shots in utah and those free throws and everybody knows that story but you 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 just you get enamored by this guy because he he just didn't he didn't back down from a challenge right he never backed down never took a step back never took a game off he just he was always more than willing to outwork the hardest worker in the room. And he wanted to do that. He, he enjoyed that opportunity. He enjoyed that task to be able to outwork anybody in the room. Um, so I just naturally just gravitated to him. His, his swag, his, his cockiness, his, um, his, his charisma, all the above, the way he, he would go about doing things. It was just all very, one, obviously it was very reminiscent of Jordan. Uh, but he was like the if Jordan was the original, he was like the remix. Mm-hmm. Like he did everything Jordan did, but did it with a certain flair, a certain style. A well, certain he, had the, he had the afro too. Yeah, you know he was he was just representing our our generation. High schooler, yeah, yeah. high schooler. Yep, he's repping our generation. So tattoos, no tattoos. Not, tattoos I, actually, no tattoos at the time. That's right. Oh, yeah, he didn't he didn't, get he didn't grab the after. tattoos till later. Yep, yep, later on. So he uh, he was just somebody that I just I gravitated to, and everything that I did, I tried to emulate 
what Kobe would do, you know, how Kobe would go about doing it, how Kobe would go about playing a game of basketball. Every game of basketball I'd ever played after that, I I would just imagine Kobe Bryant's move set and, and mimic it to the T. And airball it like the Jazz. Or- I mean, every once in a <laughs> while, kidding. but you know, but as a shooter, <laughs> yeah. as a scorer, you just have to have a short memory. You just no, keep, absolutely, just keep shooting. So, yeah, yeah, my love for Kobe runs deep, and I, I, I bleed purple gold. I've got jerseys upon jerseys. You know, it's sad. My wife and I were talking about me getting rid of the jerseys before, right before Ooh. he passed. Good right before he passed. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, literally, this was two two days before he passed away. We just had a conversation about all my Kobe Bryant jerseys. She's like, "What are you gonna do with these?" And I'm like, <laughs> which means you I'm should like, get rid of these exactly that's that's cold right i was like i might send them to my brother in chicago i don't know we'll see we'll see yeah. now now they're not going anywhere right yeah but yeah it just it just runs deep man my love for kobe is it, it it's 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 deep bro it's there deep. you go <laughs> yeah well that that's why i have you on amen so amen. so you're you're numb the whole day he dies. No, I, I can't say I'm numb. Here's here's why. Okay, you know, as a as a Christian, uh, we understand. I understand that life and death is is it happens, right? And there is no rhyme or reason for the for when God decides to take His flowers it's out of His garden. You know, it's His garden, and if He decides to take His flower, He decides to take His flower. I think the only the thing that two things that I was thinking. I'm sorry, three. One, where is Gianna? Right. Yep. Two. I I prayed that he was right with God, you know, whatever, whoever he prayed to, however he did it, whatever did he tried, he, he prayed to, if he was Catholic, if he, whatever. I'm like, I just pray that he's right with whomever he prays to at night. Um, two. And number three, I prayed that I was just, I, I was thanking God for giving him the opportunity to be a dad. You know, and not necessarily have to be Kobe Bryant, the Mamba, Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, Kobe Bryant, the savant. Um, as far as being on a court and being away from his family, you know, he had to do that for 20 years. Um, he had retired and was able to spend those last three, four years, essentially, uh, being dad, being the husband, being the father, being the, the goofy, you know, being the mentor. He was able to do other things that people um, got to see a different side of Kobe and that his family actually got to enjoy him, you know. Um, and I was just I was just very grateful that he had that opportunity because with as much as they as they traveled playing in the league and as much as he traveled, as much as he used a helicopter, you know, this could have happened easily any other time, any right. other time it could have happened. But it didn't. He at least had an opportunity um, to experience some of the other aspects of life, the things that make life worth experiencing, the having the children, they be able to enjoy the children, being there for recitals, being there for plays, being there for practices, being there for you know, little things like picking them up from school, taking them to school, things that that we as everyday men and women take for granted from the standpoint of this is just my natural part of my day. And somebody like a Kobe Bryant who doesn't really get to experience that when he finally gets to experience it, it's it's more of an elation for him because he didn't get that opportunity as often. Mm. Um, So I was just I was just very grateful that he had a chance to uh to be the family man that. You know, we all got to see a little bit of in regards to Kobe and the way he handled his wife and the way he handled his daughters and just how excited he was about being a dad. And I think that was something that was just very, very uh, awe inspiring to me. Just he was just so excited. He was so excited about being a, a a dad to four girls. You know, everybody kept trying to tell him, you got to try for a boy. You got to try for a boy to pass on the legacy. I remember uh, uh interview that I guess he did with Jimmy Kimmel. Mm. And, you know, they said, you know, you got to have a boy to pass on legacy. And 
He said Gianna stepped up. Was like, uh, uh-uh, no, no, I got that. I got, I got the legacy. Don't you worry about the legacy. I'm, I'm the legacy. I got that. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's just a. It, it was a cool thing, and he was just always so excited about being a father to girls. You know, it didn't bother him that he didn't have a son. Oh yeah, I mean, did you see that that L Duncan piece on Sports Center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was. That. I watched that. I was like, ooh, that's a tough one to watch. Yeah, man. You know, and it's the just story a, tells her about. Right. Oh man, I. I'd have a million more kids. Yeah. I'm a girl. I'm a girl dad. I'm and a then girl the girl dad. dad, girl yeah. dad. yeah. So, um, I was just, I was very, very grateful that he had an opportunity to live that aspect of his life and not miss out on that. Right. Cause I feel like that's the, that's the dream. You, 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 you create this, you create this tapestry of work and you create this, um, this body of work and this, this ability to, have this foundation as far as you know, a financial foundation. You have all that. But if you don't get to share it, if you don't get to uh, experience some of the, the nuances of life, then are you really living? You know, if you don't get to experience the the day to day sometimes uh, of, a, of a normal get up, go take the kids to school, get up, go take the kids to blah, blah, blah. OK, kids have this, this, this and this after school, you know, being able to work out the minutia of everyday life sometimes and being able to find joy in that, you know, find that lily in the valley, if you will. I, I kind of feel like that's the American dream. You have to be able to take those moments and 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 experience them and truly learn to appreciate it. Yeah. You know, we do it every day and it's it's just an everyday thing for us. But for somebody that doesn't have the opportunity to do it every day, it's exciting. And seeing that excitement, seeing that desire to want to do it because they don't get to do it very often, it, it kind of reinvigorates people. Um, I know that's that's the kind of thing that would reinvigorate me. So um, I was just very, very grateful that he had an opportunity to experience that at all. Personally. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I can hear. I hear you. Let me let me put in a little context so I can be a little dichotomy to you. All right. Um. So I was not a Kobe fan when he first <laughs> came into the league. I got you. Um. I'm obviously from Chicago, big time Bulls fan. So, and I remember seeing Jordan his last four years in the league. I remember when he came back. The, the first three championships was a little too young, but the, remember him coming back, and then obviously remember the last three. Right. Um, so obviously, as a kid, I'm I'm thinking Jordan's the greatest of all time, and here's this this kid from high school <laughs> who thinks he's Michael Jordan, and everyone in the media as he's getting better is like, yes, he might, you know, he could be the next Michael Jordan. Is he? And I'm just going, fuck you guys. Like this oh. is Michael Jordan. <laughs> There's no one. There's no one will ever that'll ever be. As great as Michael Jordan, um, so you, th- you have that. You have the fact that the Bulls are awful, right? And right. so, and you have now the fact that the Lakers are, are the, now the new dynasty, right? Yeah. You've got Shaq, who I also despised, and Kobe on the same team. You have the fact that they're dominant, right? They're winning championships, and everyone's right. not only talking about Kobe being um, the next Jordan. People are talking about that time. If you remember, the Lakers could they beat the Bulls? Who's a better yeah, team, right? Who's absolutely. a better dynasty? Yeah. So as a kid, I'm going screw all this. I I, I already I already dislike the Lakers. Yeah, I already dislike Kobe. I dislike Shaq. All these things. Um, we'll we'll get into some other things why maybe I might have disliked Kobe at a certain time. Um, so there's all that. But as Kobe's career kind of progressed, um, as he got older, as as I got older, you know, at prime Kobe, I was still 12, 13, 14. Up to like sixteen years old, maybe. So teenager, but not fully formed in my thoughts. Um, but then, as Kobe got older and started playing um, on different, you know, on on different itinerations of the Lakers, um, 
rewind a little bit. Another reason to hate Kobe is people were putting out there, and maybe maybe he did do this. He was the responsible for breaking up the Lakers. So I'm like, this guy's not only the this guy that everyone's anointing as the next Jordan. He's a selfish prick. He doesn't even appreciate winning. <laughs> you know. So you throw all that in there. But as he got older, as my as I got older, I started to appreciate the fact that the consistency of his game, the hard work, the the will to win, all the things that you want in all our like all these are all the things that we want in our star athletes, right? Right. We especially competitively, we want extreme competitiveness. We want someone to care. We want someone to work hard. We want someone to make the most of all their talents. Right. Kobe is all those things. That doesn't need to be said. Um, and then towards the end of his career, I really started to appreciate, especially with the the formation of like these super teams right. and and this this trending of the league where everyone's buddy buddy. I and and the trending of kind of being a little bit more buttoned up for the media. I like the fact that you could stick a mic in Kobe's face and he'd tell it how like it is. He'd say yes. the most realist thing ever. He'd right. keep it as the kids say one hundred. Right. He'd um, and then on the court, you know, he was. He stayed with the Lakers. Now there was that brief period when we wanted to leave, but he was with the team for what twenty years. Yeah, twenty you know? years in the Lakers uniform. He, he and he wanted, and when he was on the court, he might have had his friends, but he wanted to kick your ass. He okay. still thought he was the best, and even towards the end, when he was realizing he wasn't the best, right. he was very like reflective <laughs> about his career and still taking a shit ton of shots, but very reflective about his career. And a ton very, of salary cap. Let me tell you, they did, they did. I mean, the, the fact that you know. Everybody would anybody and anybody who's ever watched sports within the past fifteen to twenty years has probably crumpled up a piece of paper and thrown it at the garbage bag, garbage can, and gone Kobe, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So towards the end, I obviously started to respect him. I grew to appreciate Kobe Bryant a lot. I fully recognize that he's one of the greatest players of all time and one of the greatest competitors of all time. He's, I wouldn't say he's ever gotten to Jordan's level, but he's done his best to get really close and getting really close in my book means you're pretty goddamn awesome right so now when you when you when, well hold on whoa, whoa, whoa. i mean let me let me let me stop you right there please. okay when you say to jordan's level what are you referring to well, are you referring to jordan's level of popularity are you referring to jordan's level of talent what do you what do you what's what what jordan level jordan level would be talent plus um winning okay all right undefeated in the finals all right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead. Continue. On the court. Continue. Go well, you think Kobe's back? Well, we don't have. To, it's not a debate. We don't need to debate that right now. Um, well, maybe we could. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you just, uh, yeah, just, just go, go and keep going, buddy. Don't even. <laughs> just, just keep going. Another conversation. Even, that's another. That's another. I don't podcast. even know where I was now. That's another podcast. Oh, you so, so, oh, how, so well, yeah. at least he's. So in my book, he's one of the best of all time. If he's not. Just because in my book he's not better than Jordan doesn't mean he is any less uh, of a player. <laughs> okay. Good okay. save. Good save. Um, so as far as where I was at when he died, um, I was on the way to the gym, and I got some. my phone started blowing up from a specific group chat where I know these guys really love sports. Right. Um, I didn't look at my phone while I was driving. Sometimes I do, um, but this time I didn't. Once I got to the gym, I parked looked at my phone first text was like oh my god kobe kobe in a helicopter kobe died wow so those are the first three texts so my immediate response i text back no just no no look online first article i see is tmz I, in my head i'm going 
is TMZ all that credible? I guess it is. I didn't know at the time. So I was going, no, no way, no way. My friend goes, texts us back, yep, he's gone, guys. Kobe's gone. Then I'm just like looking at Twitter. So I'm literally sitting in my car for probably 15 minutes outside of the gym, just looking at stuff. Like, is this real? Then obviously, you know, as you mentioned, and there's all these conflicting reports, who was in the chopter, copter, um, who, you know, his, could have all his daughters been there, right. blah, blah, blah. I'm at the gym. My workout's terrible. I'm not even, I'm barely working out. I'm doing what I can, and then I'm going over to the TV, turning, looking at it, seeing what's being reported. The guy on the treadmill, there's only me and this one guy at this gym. The guy on the treadmill looks at me, he goes, dude, you see that? Kobe Bryant's dead. And I'm going, yeah, I heard about it in the car. He goes, they're saying his daughters are on there. Oh, my God. And I'm just going, like, is his, were his daughters on there? So right. to bring this to full circle, when you were talking about Gianna, I think once I got home, it started coming out that Gianna was on the plane for sure. She was one of the five, which later turned out to be nine people. Right. Now, obviously, Kobe passing is a big thing. That's when it really not knocked me off my feet. I wasn't, like, devastated, but I was going to myself, wow, this is now really sad that his daughter got, is passed. Exactly. You know, Kobe going is super sad, but at least the man has lived a good portion of life, right? 40 years. Right. It's not a ton, but 40 years is good life, like a good good amount of life to live. You've done a lot of things. Gianna being 13, that's just, yeah. in any way you cut that, that's, that's tough, right? Yeah. Because not only she hasn't lived her full life, but now you have to deal with the fact that uh, Vanessa and the three kids have to not only deal with losing their dad in an instant, but losing their their sister in an instant. So I'm just thinking, oh my god, this is this is horrible. And then at this point, my social media is blowing up. Everyone's yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, everyone's putting out their RIP stuff on their stories. People are texting me, all this stuff. So um, I can't I can't say I'm I was knocked off my feet, devastated, but I was definitely like, wow, this is. I knew this was a moment. I knew right. I realized it right away. This is a moment. Right. People are going to be talking about this. I had on ESPN. I had to turn it off because I can't listen to something being sad the entire day. Like it's just not right. in my personality to grieve that all the entire time. But I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I wanted to find out about the details of the crash, who else was there, blah, blah, blah. So, right. I mean, I had essentially, um, I hadn't been on Facebook in God knows how long. I, I, I just, I just had kind of lost a taste for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that when Kobe passed, I think I spent more time on Facebook just looking at whatever information I could find than, uh, than I had done in years, years. Just because, again, I just I kind of just had lost a taste for all of that. It wasn't, right. my, uh, it wasn't my cup of tea. But I tell you, man, when, uh, like I said, when Kobe passed, it, it, it was tough. But then when I heard about Gian, I think as a father, that's when it really yeah it got tough for me and it's, that's when uh that next day that next day i was much worse much mm. worse than i was the first day because yeah. um and even if i think about it too much now i'll tear up but yeah just as a as a father you empathize like when you, that moment happens when you realize you've got your daughter right next to you and you're on a helicopter <laughs> you're going to a game and 
not only do you have your daughter, and I think that's one thing we have to make sure that we, we be very cognizant of. It wasn't just Kobe and Gianna. Right. Kobe, there was other Gianna, people. the Altabellis. There were so many other people. People with kids on the plane. People with lives, yeah. families, you know, that were expecting to come back home after this day that did not get the opportunity to do that. Um, there were so many more than just Kobe and Gianna. And, um, you know, my thoughts are, are obviously with, with Vanessa and, and all the families that are, have been uh, affected by this. But point is, you know, you're as a, as a father, you have these moments in time where, you know, you're always thinking that to be your child's protector. And uh, as a dad, I don't think there's a bigger fear of mine. One, there's two fears. First fear is to get beat up in front of my kid. I never, ever want to get. <laughs> <laughs> I never, <laughs> never want to ever get beat up in front of my child. Like. Can you imagine having to go back and, and, and go to school the next day and talk Dad, about that? Dad's not a superhero. Dad <laughs> He's not the superhero that I thought he was. So that's that's fear number one. Fear number two is that uh, that I'm in a situation I can't protect my child. Something like that. Something like that where there is nothing. There's literally nothing you can do. And then, you know, for somebody to have the, the type of mentality that Kobe Bryant had, right, that A dominant, like, I'm going to figure this out. Where do you just look at her in the eye and just say, honey, it's going to be okay? Yeah, that's knowing that it's not going to be okay, knowing that there is nothing that you can do to prevent the inevitable from happening. The the thing about it is like we like we alluded to earlier, death is a natural part of life. It's it's part of the cycle. It's part of the process. Right. None of us are going to make it out of here alive. That's just that's just the bottom. God's honest truth. Uh, I like to think I will, but all right. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, whatever. <laughs> maybe if you don't believe on, in God, then maybe that'll happen. I mean, okay. I'm <laughs> just well, kidding. <laughs> you, you do you. Uh, but <laughs> uh, as far as I know, none of us are making it out of here alive. And there are moments where you want to do whatever you can to fight. There are moments where you want to do whatever you can to preserve that little bit of life that we have, because that's again, that's what makes life worth living is those moments in time. But. To be a parent, to be a father, to be a guardian in a moment in time where you cannot protect that child, no matter what you do, no matter how much you plead, is 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 heartbreaking, is heart wrenching. Absolutely. And, you know, then all of a sudden there are reports of <laughs> that he was holding Gianna when the, the, the crash happened, that they found him holding her. Oof. I, see, so, I don't know if that's true. I don't think it's true either because kinetic energy would push those bodies away. Not like, only not only that. that, but from what I read, the they were only able to identify people like with fingerprints and stuff. Like it was just so devastating of a crash, right? So that right. that might be a little sensationalist. It might be, and he I, might, I he might have been. It. Although I, I will, so I'll add. Like even though I'm, I'm obviously not a father. It did cross my mind in that moment. Like, what were those last moments like? Did they even have time to realize something bad was exactly. happening? And if they, like, it'd almost be better if they didn't realize they had right. no, because then it does, it makes it less sad. But if they were any fleeting moments of time where they were like, this is it, like, yeah. what were they saying to each other? What are you thinking? What do you say? Like, well, all if, those things crossed my mind. I'm going, man, that's, that's got to be a tough moment if it does, man. They realize at some point that they're going down. And they're not going to make it. I think the way the, the reports make it seem like, one, they shouldn't have been flying the helicopter in the first place. That's what I, I heard, yeah. On that day, the, zero, the, the visibility was too low. There was no terrain guidance um, yeah. estimator or whatever they call it to 
be able to tell where the mountains are, where the the terrain is. Right. And um, and from what I read, read or heard, it's super foggy, and they they were trying to get above, but in those mountains, the communication gets real sketchy over right, there. Right. And they said that they weren't going to be able to. They couldn't spot them on radar. They were able to talk with them. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to spot them on radar because of the fact that the the fog was so dense. There you go, I mean, yeah. Even the police weren't flying helicopters that day. Right. And that should but, that should tell you something. Well, it should. Know? I will say though that people were like, "Why is Kobe on air helicopters?" Number one, he did this all the time. Right. Two, I believe I believe I read that he did this a lot so he could spend time with his kids. Yep. That's exactly um, why he started doing it. And then people were talking about the pilot going, maybe the pilot should have known. And maybe he should know. We don't know, right, what the circumstances are. I did read some stuff, though, that, like, as a pilot for celebrities, I don't know what Kobe's relationship was with this pilot. People were saying, from what I, other pilots were saying, he was great. In general, they were saying, though, that helicopter pilots' relationships with celebrities are very pressure-packed in that you have to get the celebrity to where they want to go. Right. If you don't, the celebrity can just hire another guy to drive right. a helicopter. So maybe this guy felt like maybe not pressure, but just obligation. Hey, this is then comes something Kobe's doing all the time. He, we go to this event. It's it's a basketball game for his kid. I gotta get him there. Right. Like you know, and maybe he didn't realize until it was too late that the conditions were just not intenable. Well, you know that's that's very similar, and that's that's a that's a great point. It's very very similar to uh, that doctor who gave the chlorophyll to Michael Jackson. You know, if if you're a celebrity and you have this status and you have these these demands and that you, you have certain things that you need to have done and you being paid by said celebrity to get this thing done, then you tend to throw a little more throw caution to the wind and do whatever it takes to one, maintain the lifestyle that you're living because you're obviously getting paid very well to do what you're doing. Right. So there's a there's there's a lot of times where I'm sure that they'll they'll push the boundaries more than they should. Right. Um, for the simple fact of trying to please that celebrity and not let them be frustrated. But I, I have to, as a father, I just have to imagine that if he was informed of the dangers of flying that day, he probably wouldn't have gone, right? He wouldn't have done it. Right. I just, I, I have to believe that. Well, that's why um, I believe that I don't think they, even the the pilot knew pilot exactly. was as aware. Like, I just don't think the pilot would be so irresponsible to put Kobe Bryant or anyone, anyone in really anyone. In, in danger. Yes. Yeah. Like that. And Kobe wouldn't be so resp- irresponsible to his child, as you just mentioned, to, to go to and demand, a, that. demand that. Right. Yeah. So who knows? Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really, that's something that we'll never know. But ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right. At the end of the day, the ultimate result was there were nine souls that were lost that day. And, uh, it was completely avoidable. Sure. That's the, that's that's the bottom line. It was something that shouldn't have happened. They should have been in the helicopter under those circumstances, under those conditions, and that visibility. It just it shouldn't have happened. No. And uh, you know, uh, it happened. And you know, these are the results. Unfortunately, life, so lives taken too soon. Tuesday is or that what what day was that? Monday, right? The day after he died. The day after, yeah. Also, Sorry. just to throw in, as you mentioned. He had been super prevalent in the news the day before just because LeBron passed him. So we were again talking about Kobe. Um, And then the day he dies, they're doing the the Grammys at the Staples Center. So it's just like, oh, this timing is just crazy. Um, But the the Monday afterwards is pretty pretty tough for you, huh? 
Uh, sorry, I was getting some water. Yeah, you can't drink any con- uh, oh, water while uh, I have to, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that that Monday was a little tough. Um, it was actually very tough because it just I have this this innate ability to empathize, mm. right? And especially being a father, like I I, I just I I put myself in that situation, and in putting myself in that situation, I put that thought of what would happen if that's my daughter. And it just, it gets tougher and tougher because then you start thinking about the fact that the, this young lady was 13 years old. You get to thinking about the fact that this young lady adored her father and was just enamored and absorbed all the information possible. And then you get to thinking about Vanessa and how Vanessa not only has to bury her husband, but has to bury a child and no parent should ever have to bury their child. And, for me, all my emotion came from the fact that we lost this child, mm. right? Um, we lost children. I, I keep saying child, and I'm, I'm I'm guilty of that too. We lost children. We lost we lost parents. We lost children. There were kids lost whose lives were lost, and I think that for me is where the real emotion comes from, from the standpoint of no parents should ever have to bury their child. Yeah, that's just not the way. That's just not the way it's supposed to. It's not the way it's supposed to go. Now, obviously, none of us here know when our time is up. You know, that's not something that we have the foresight of. And I think that if we did have that kind of foresight, um, that'd be a very scary place to be to know when your oh yeah your last day is going to be. You know, that's that's a little crazy to even think of. But so that entire day, you know, you're hearing the reports, and while. Like you, I, there's only so much of something that I can take before it's like, all right, I got to turn it off. This was Kobe. Yeah. So for me, it hit a little different. Um, yeah, I Actually, I think I took his a little harder than I've taken members of my own family's passing. Uh, uh, my, um, my question would have been, were there, were there any tears for, this, for Kobe? N- not Kobe. Gianna, yes. Okay. Yeah. They, they, it, it, when, when they were tears shed, they weren't shed for Kobe. They were shed at the thought of bearing your child. They were shed at the thought of Vanessa finding out through TMZ the same way everybody else found out. Right. That her husband and her daughter, because at that point, if she knows that rather TMZ reports that his daughter was on that helicopter or not, if TMZ reports that Kobe Bryant's dead, then the anxiety of him finding of her finding out of, her, of Gianna's alive or not is just is is on 10. Right. Like. Oh my God, where's Gianna? Where's Gianna? Where's Gianna? I cannot imagine as a parent having that level of anxiety, having that level of, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Nobody's telling me anything. Like you're so powerless in that kind of situation because there's no information that you can get. Nobody's telling you anything. You're watching and you've seen this all unfold the same way we are. Like it, it, it's, you know, I talked about this last night on uh, we did the uh, recording for Voice of the Underground, and it it made me a little disgusted to be somebody who does anything in regards to media, right? Because the, I what, understand the report, report first mentality. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, it, it, it's they reported. You know, TMZ reported this information. They put all this stuff out there, and it's 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 clickbait information because yeah, there's there's a story behind her. Yes, Kobe Bryant did die. Yes, the helicopter did crash but then the first reports that there was five victims and then there's seven victims and rick fox is one of the victims and 
all his girls are on it. You know, there, there were just so many inaccuracies with yeah. the reporting. You know, I'm from the mindset that you get the information first, you get it in its totality or as much as is available at the time, you double check it, you triple check it, and then you put it out there. You have to have integrity in what you do. And the fact that there was zero integrity in regards to what TMZ put out, the fact that there was zero integrity from even notifying next of kin first before this report goes out, it just it was it was very distasteful. It was it was abhorrent. Um, I was disgusted. Uh, I still am disgusted. I was I was pissed off, and I'm still pissed off because that's just there's certain there's there's an art of war. You know, there's a there's a way that you do things. There's a there's a decorum. And it wasn't present. It wasn't even a thought. You know, it was just yep. about being the first person to report this. I want to get it out there. I don't care if it's right. And it, it just, it, it just, it, it disgusted me. It, I was literally, I still am. I'm just, I'm disgusted at what they did and how they did it. Um. So yes, that Monday was just. That's when I think that's just maybe, and and maybe for me that's when it all really sunk in. Mm. You know, when you're hearing it. You know, you hear, I, I think I heard about it was about four o'clock my time um, when I, I got like official, official confirmation. So I I think maybe I just didn't realize the, how how deep it was. And then, like I said, the next day when you try to you feel like you're waking up out of a bad dream or you, you want to wake up. But it's it's it's, it's real. Mm. And it's like, OK, wow, this this really happened. Wow. You know, like I said, he's been such a staple in, in my household for so long. Um, it's it's so funny that even I was looking at getting onesies for my for my child for my my to be born son, and I was looking at Kobe Bryant onesies, <laughs> you know, before you know before this happened. So Kobe was he was a uh, a part of my my family. Um, anytime we would play two K, and we would do our little fantasy seasons, everybody knows don't touch Kobe. <laughs> like that's that's my guy. Right? Don't touch him. Don't bother messing with them because I will fight you. I will come to your house and fight you for the <laughs> rights to Kobe Bryant. Don't do it. So that Monday, yeah, it just it, it just it became real. Mm. You know, it, it became real and like I said, then all the thoughts and um the frustrations and the But then there came a, a certain point on Monday, maybe going into Tuesday, where there was a you go through the stages of grief mm. and there was a point where I went through the stage of just appreciation. Um, I think I shouldn't say, I think I know that some people when they have situations like that, that happen when life's taken from you and, and you expect it is one thing, but when it's taken from you so suddenly and you weren't prepared for it, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't have a chance to wrap your mind around the fact that, you know, this person would be gone it hits you different. Yeah, the, gr- the grieving harder. is different. Yeah, the grieving is different. Absolutely, and I think had we had an opportunity to truly appreciate Kobe, yeah, you know, this is the year he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Right, we won't get to hear that speech. Absolutely. I mean, if if the situation would have been he's an older gentleman or he's right. had, he's had some sort of terminal illness that we've known yes. about for a while, we could have all yes. wrapped our mind around this and been yes. prepared for the moment when he was going yes. to pass. Yes, but to have that so abruptly ended, it's just it was just it's very jarring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, yeah, that Monday was tough. Monday I, was tough. Yeah, and, and what makes it um, all the more tough, obviously, the kids, but the fact that Kobe 
was still such a, a prominent force in in retirement, you know, with right uh, detail, which I don't know if you've seen on ESPN yep, Plus. It's absolutely, great stuff. Uh, yeah. He won an Academy Award for his poem, um, Your basketball, right? Exactly, and there were there were so many things that he was involved with, not only um, to further his career outside of uh, being on the basketball court, but also you know his other kids and, and Gianna potentially being in the, in the WNBA and what that could have done for, yes. for basketball. So all those things made it um, all the more tragic that this happened. Um, so my Sunday night, I've, I stopped watching all this stuff. I didn't even watch the Grammys. Like I, yeah. I knew that they were going to do something. I, was, I'm not, I can't watch it. And I, and I wasn't necessarily grieving him probably in, in anywhere close to where you were. I, I'm, I'm obviously not a Kobe fan um, in the same way. But I was still like, this is this is just super sad. Like I can't I can't watch this. So I'm I'm on social media, and I won't say any names, but um, we'll bring this up now so we can just get it have this conversation. All right. One of my old coworkers, who's who's a I hate even throwing this word in there because it doesn't necessarily mean a bad or a good thing. But she she likes to define herself as a feminist, and. Okay. I like to call her kind of just an asshole sometimes. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's, yeah. She, she puts right. out, she puts out something that goes, Hey, I hate to be that feminist killjoy, but Kobe's a rapist. Art, <laughs> article about Kobe being a rapist. Now, oh, okay. My immediate thought was you are a vile, disgusting human, right? Mm-hmm. Super angry. I text this to all my old coworkers. They're all in agreement. I had forgotten the details of the Kobe rape case. I was aware of it at the time when it happened. I was aware of it. And again, a teenager, it didn't even, I knew what rape was. I didn't realize that how bad rape really was. My thought at the time was, oh yes, he will not play in the NBA anymore. And the Lakers won't win a championship. That was my honest thought at the time. So obviously I wasn't a fully formed thinking person. I'd removed myself from the rape case Years, years, years after. But that immediate night, next day, next morning, I was just incensed that someone could think like this. And I still am. I still have the same opinion. This is not the time to tweet something like that out. Right. And then she went on to go on and post things like, I'm commenting on my fans. I'm commenting on all my friends' Facebook pages. They're deifying this man to just let him know he's a rapist. Okay. Wow. Have a great night. You know, I'm now I'm not going to be your friend anymore. That's all there is to it. Um, so I'll, well, before getting into the details of the case, what were your? Th- I don't know if you, if anyone on your social media, anyone in your circles, anywhere you saw, did you see anyone mm. saying things like this at the time I of mean, his death? To say to say that we didn't see anybody posting that would be a lie, right? Uh, absolutely. And first, let's let's be really clear about a couple of things. First things first, anything involving rape is automatically a deplorable thing, and um. Your people are going to respond differently to that, you know, depending on some of your past experiences. Right. Um, I can say that as a as as a as a child, I was I was sexually assaulted. Mm. Um, so when you hear when you hear people talk about rape, it it, it hits people differently, and Absolutely. I can I can respect that. Now here's where here's where I would defer. Here's where I would feel differently to this particular person. Um, there is a time and place for everything. And 
to be clear, that happened back in 2004, if I remember correctly, right? I think that was, yeah, it was yeah, 2000, the, the Pistons final year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was 2004. Um, Go Pistons. If, if, <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, um, <clears throat> that case was acquitted. You know, there right. was lack of evidence or something to that effect where the DNA was missing or whatever the case may well, be. Well, I'll fill you in after. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually, re- I went I, I went and decided to cool down maybe a day or two later and read some stuff. So. Gotcha. So my, my thought process turned to, okay, so let me get this straight. This man was accused of rape, and I understand. I, I get it. But he never ran away from that he he attacked it pretty head on held a press conference and meeting and 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 didn't deny having an affair with this woman did not deny having a sexual relationship with this woman um and even admitted to the fact that it may not have been as uh as uh consensual as he thought right as he presumed it to be um he, yeah which, he understood he said something along the lines of how he understood how this could have been interpreted as not being consensual or something. Yeah. yeah basically something what he said. Effect. Yeah. Yeah. Something to that. Which effect. is, which and makes it a very touchy thing for people that have, you know, been through, that. Been through rape, yeah. rape. Right. Exactly. And so now mind you, when I hear that I'm, I'm, this is 2003, 2004. So I just graduated high school. So I'm 18, 19 years old. Um, not really, Versed in love, not even really versed in sex, to be honest with you, at that time, I think I might have, I was a late bloomer, I didn't lose my virginity until I was like 18, 19 years old, so, and if that's if you call that a late bloomer, I guess, I don't know. Even if you've lost it earlier, you're still, you're not versed in knowing what the hell's going on. So, so with that being said, I didn't understand the intricacies of truly what, what, what rape is right what he was um, even really accused of right yeah like that, at least in my mind of. yeah and then i wasn't even introduced i i didn't even i i had even less of an idea of what uh a dirty diana is remember that song dirty diana from michael michael jackson oh yeah yeah right right <laughs> so i i didn't even realize what a dirty diana was and that's not to say that this young lady was a dirty diana what this is to say is that life will teach you that there are there's what you think happened there's what the other person thinks happened, and then there's the truth. Mm. And oftentimes, unless you were there or unless there's photographic or video evidence, the truth becomes uh, it becomes subjective or it, it becomes biased or it's 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 the truth based on who's telling the story, mm. who's telling the, the the recollection of it. I I I know that there are women who say things to get responses or to get people to do things, right? So, you know, there are women who sleep with athletes and then, you know, say, oh, well, I'm pregnant. The baby's yours. Right. You know, if you don't want me to go to court, you pay, whatever the case may be. And again, I'm not saying that that's the case. What I'm saying is that as we get older, we start learning things about life and we start learning some of the intricacies and some of the evils that there are to life and that, there's 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 good and there's bad there's ugly and at, at any particular point in time we are all susceptible to doing evil mm. we are all one bad decision away from from going to hell you know things of that nature so um when you think about that rape case and you think about the fact that he was acquitted you think about the fact that i i, I think was there a 
Was there an the, undisclosed amount of money? Was there a payoff? Uh, so there? there was a civil suit that got settled. Uh-huh. Um, he had said in his apology, the one where he admits to potentially there being something mm-hmm. not consensual on her end happening, that right. he's not being paid to say this or anything like that. Um, so I don't know what the exact details were as far as gotcha. the, the civil suit. Gotcha. So I guess when I think about that Kobe rape case, I think about the fact that it could it have happened? Absolutely. I think about the fact that did it happen? None of us will know. Yep. None of us were there. Um, but what I, I what I appreciated, and I don't know if that's even the right word, but what I took from what Kobe did is he didn't run away from it. He didn't allow that to define him. Right. You know that happened. He took that on the chin. Uh, he he took all type of scrutiny publicly. He took all type of scrutiny from endorsements. He took all type of scrutiny from uh, his own family, his own wife. Um, he he took his lumps. It's not like he walked away from that without a battle scar. Um, and you know, obviously, if he did what he did, then deservedly so. And now, obviously, will, even in death, people are still mm-hmm. trashing his name. Absolutely, and you know what, some brother, if they still bash Jesus. <laughs> what you think they're gonna do about Kobe? Sure. Right, Michael Vick is still paying for the crimes that he did, and with with the dog fighting uh, ring, and he's been so far removed from that. He's done so much charity work. He's done so much to revamp his image, and all a lot of people are ever gonna see is Michael Vick, this dog fighter, and they're they're never gonna let him escape that. Um, now the difference between a Michael Vick and a Kobe is Kobe was aggressive and just continuing to hone his craft, continuing to play basketball, continuing to be the best that he was. And unfortunately, once Vic got out of prison, he just, he, while he was still Michael Vic, you know, Oh, father time was undefeated mm. and you know, his skills were not what they were. And, and he wasn't even going to be able to get out onto the field the way he used to, because of how much hate he just, he just, he, he, he drew. So the fact that Kobe, was able to go through that and still be at the top of his, of his game, still be at the top of the basketball world as far as his abilities. And he let his ability do the talking for him. You know, Kobe didn't say much that year. If you remember back in mm-hmm. 2004, that was the lightest Kobe had been. That was the, the, the most stressed out Kobe had looked. He was thin. He, uh, he just didn't, he didn't look like Kobe that we had knew prior to that. And he didn't say much to anybody. He, he he was very, 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 very isolated, very, very quiet, you know. So, but to be able to go through that and continue to hone your craft and continue to be better and continue to move forward and not allow that moment to define him, it's it's a trait that I think people would want to be able to uh, imitate from the standpoint of being able to have adversity and get kicked in the teeth. And be able to still push forward. Now, the flip side to that is, you know, if he truly did do it and he's this rapist that got away with it and is able to go back, then you know what? There's a special, uh, for lack of a better term, there's a special place in hell for somebody like that. And I don't know that that's what happened. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying happened. What I'm saying is that ultimately he's going to have to answer for everything that's happened in his life. We are all going to have to answer for everything that's ever happened in our life at some point or another. Um, he'll have to answer for that. Yeah. And there's no amount that we can do to him here that is not going to be done, you know, or that hasn't already been done since he's been passed. Um, I'm not here to judge. 
Kobe. Um, he was found by by the legal letter. He was found to not be guilty of this. And you know, I've never heard that this young woman has come out and said anything. Now, with him being passed on, uh, I don't know if there is a uh, a no disclosure non disclosure agreement that's still in effect because that would have been with Kobe, unless it was with Kobe Bryant's estate. I don't know. You know, that's that's you start getting into legal stuff and. That ain't my area. That's not my, right, that's not my right. cup of tea. But typically when somebody passes or when the money stops coming, then that means that they can start speaking on it again. If you look at something like R. Kelly or, you know, even a Michael Jackson situation where he pays them off and people don't speak on it anymore. Um, until all of a sudden he's dead. And now seven years after he's dying, they want to do specials about leaving, leaving Neverland. I don't know. So I, I'm, I'd be curious to see what happens in about another four or five years. Right. You know, when the dust is settled and, you know, people have moved on with their lives, so to speak. The 15 minutes of fame are over and to see what people are saying or what this particular young lady says uh, about that. So, <sighs> well, here, I'll jump in. <laughs> um, so I still think that if you're that's the first thing you're thinking and you're chasing after people to patronize them about being about a man's death to to put him down. I think that's still an asshole move. So as you yep. mentioned, that's a time. There's a time and place. Um yep. My range of emotions on it were rage, outrage that you could even think something like this. Then I decided, okay, I need to like look back at the case. Um, right. and I read an article that was from a couple of years ago from, I believe it was Deadline, not 100% sure, where it was basically talking about this case and how, hey, don't forget about this fact that this happened in his life. So I read the details of the case and read the apology um, You know, from what the girl states. Obviously, she puts it out to be like he... He raped her, right? Right. right. It, very aggressively. Um, had his hands around her neck, squeezing her neck, telling her, you won't tell anyone about this. Very like, oh my gosh, this is a vile, vile act. Right. Um, right. Kobe, when he was interviewed, initially denies everything. He's scared. He says something along the lines of, and this created a big rift between him and Shaq that was already prevalent. Shaq yeah, pays yeah. these girls when things go away, like for these things to go away, something along those lines. Right. Um, the, 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 what Shaq does. Right. Med, the, the medicals on it at least imply that some sort of rough sex occurred, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you read the, obviously, you you read, it comes out after reading all the old reports of how the, his attorneys were dragging this girl through the mud, basically saying she had sex with several people within this, that time frame. Um, accidentally, someone released her name at some point. Uh, basically just implying as you mentioned she's a dirty diana okay um and then obviously the apology which he fully admits to something bad happening right 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 so my conclusion with out of the whole thing was it's clear to me i don't know if you know me and you were both not there none of us are right so we don't know for sure Correct. But it's right. acknowledged on his part that something bad might have happened. Yeah. Even if he didn't think it was bad. It got a little testy. It got testy. Or the, at some point, as I've put it to other people, the girl did not want to be there. Right. Right. Even, even if during. Right. You know, even if there's a no during, then no still means no. Right. Or, or yeah, maybe maybe it was awesome. And then at some point she was like, wait a minute, this is yeah. this is not great anymore. Yep. So who knows? Yep. But who knows fully what happened? Um, but I think it's important to. Yes, like be mindful of how like Kobe was a great 
great basketball player. His crib contributes to contributions not only to the game, but his contributions obviously to society, to to black men, to minorities, to um, women. I mean, the fact that he's I mean he's there's no bigger proponent it seemed like at this point of pushing girls in sports than him, right? Right. Um, absolutely. So you know it's important to obviously and it's obviously important to acknowledge the the impact he's had obviously with everybody's reactions to this man's death he obviously meant something to a lot of people and and the emotions that are coming out due to his death is you can't deny that impact like the positivity in all of that is great that's something to be acknowledged was also i think important to acknowledge the totality of the human so absolutely yes something like this being on his 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 record per se um you know i've heard people try to talk about it and they and they back away because you know they they'll they'll say something along the lines of well everyone makes mistakes and then they go wait a minute does everyone make that mistake right right, right. <laughs> they, there like, are mistakes and then there are, there are yeah you know there, very, very, very there are things bad, bad things right yeah and you know to the label that just as a mistake or something that you know can be just brushed under the rug you can't really comes off as insensitive it's very insensitive and it's tough and you know and what's the line what what is acceptable so that being said i can fully understand why people won't be able to let that go like I, i i fully understand it yes i also think it's okay to acknowledge that happened but also acknowledge all the good things that he's done I think it's okay to acknowledge all the good things he's done, but never forgive him for the bad thing that maybe he did. My point being is everyone's going to, I think, reconcile this differently. And the the big thing I was struggling with for a little bit was how to reconcile it personally. And I still don't know how to reconcile it. And I think that's okay. And I think there isn't a right answer to how to recon- reconcile this. No, you know, no, there isn't. There, you're, so, you're absolutely so right. the, it's okay. And, and I was like, man, do I feel really bad? Cause I want to like acknowledge all the positive things. Like this was a great human from everything I could see yet. This happened. And how do I balance that? And I was like, it's okay for, to be like, you know what? He apologized for this. This bad thing happened. He apologized for it. Most people don't even apologize, right? No, they just no, they don't. They don't, and they don't. They don't cop to anything possibly having happened. Right. They don't cop to to any of the above. You know, you're gonna have people that are the the bottom line is like you said. Everybody's gonna process a little bit differently. Everybody's gonna process their their thoughts and their emotions a little differently. And there is no right or wrong answer. I mean, you still have women that defend. Donald Trump vigorously. You have women that defend R. Kelly vigorously. You have women that defend, um, you know, any other pedophiles or rapists vigorously. So, and and they 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 defend the fact that you know it happened. They move forward. Blah 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 blah. Everybody just handles those type of of situations just different. And I don't think there ever will be a right or a wrong way because when you're dealing with humans, you're dealing with variables. You're dealing with different. You know, everybody's going to have a different approach to uh, the same situation Mm. and based on their life experiences, based on their past experiences, based on their their beliefs, religious or or, or what have you. Everybody's going to process it their way. And there's just no way to tell somebody what they should or shouldn't feel. You, you, You we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to say you shouldn't feel bad or. 
blah, 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 because everybody's allowed to process in the way that they process it. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer to that. Um, I read like it. I, said, I read an article yeah. on uh, MTV.com. Surprisingly, they write articles. Oh, do they? <laughs> really? And this was from a, a woman that had gotten, um, was a huge Kobe Bryant fan growing up and then got raped. Um, so could, could kind of see both both sides to what had happened, similar to right. something you, you've experienced as well. Um, but she, there was a couple quotes here that like really stuck with me. Um, she was talking about how, uh, you know, this, this struggling to deal with this. And she wrote, um, trying to separate the art uh, from the artist is a messy exper- exercise, though I also worry about a move towards shutting down any potential for rehabilitation. Right. Um, and I, I thought that was very powerful. You know, like, like these days, and again, it, it's different for everybody. Everyone's crime threshold is different. Everyone's um, tolerance for, for acts like this is going to be different. And there is no, we all agree it's bad, but, you know, there's levels too of, you know, if, did he rape her or was it consensual or did she just, did he not realize at some point, did she want to not want to leave? You know, so we don't know yeah. what happened. Um, so to shut down any rehab, I think, is faulty. Um, right. There was an- right. another quote in here. I'll just read it real quick. Uh, More than one truth can exist at once. That Kobe was a mythic force, a husband, and a devoted father, and a paragon to so many people does not erase a transgression made 16, year ago, 16 years ago. Nor does that moment invalidate his achievements, the way he made fans feel when they watched him. Um, dot, dot, dot. Perhaps there isn't one uniform solution. Healing is different for everybody. Boom. Well said. Yeah. So. Well said. I, that when I read that, I was like, you know what? It's okay to not know how to feel about this. Yep. And to just feel. Literally, I was like, I feel everything about this. <laughs> yep. yep. Every gamut. Of Every emotions. gamut of emotion. I'm like, this is a horrible thing if he did rape yep. this girl. Yep. But he's also he also made so many people feel so good how is that bad and right. how do you invalidate all the things he's done after and let's say i don't know maybe you if you believe in karma let's say he did commit something bad mm-hmm. god punished him and gave him four girls right they're right. like you know what like okay you're gonna learn from this if, if you believe yep. in this sort of thing yeah. you're gonna learn and now you're gonna have not one not two not three four girls that you're gonna have to care about mm-hmm. and by yep. by the end he's talking about being a girl dad and all this stuff yep. so like the potential for rehabilitation as this article mentioned we can't i don't know it's tough to, it, we can't discount people yeah so i I, I feel the range of emotions when i think, yeah, think about absolutely. it absolutely and i think that's like you know like, like that was the one very very articulately put i mean that was i couldn't have i couldn't have said it better than that you know um there is there has to be none of us are perfect Mm. none of us are without sin or without fault or without any type of evil thoughts or Anything that we we've all done things that we're not proud of. We've all done things that if we had the opportunity to take it back, we would. And anybody can say, oh, I don't live a life of regrets. OK, that's great. But it doesn't change the fact that if you had a chance to take take something back that you did that, you know, is absolutely wrong. You would do it. You wouldn't. You would you would do it in mm-hmm. a heartbeat. Um, I think any of us would. Um, I thought that him having girls was very especially, you know, uh, him having girls was like, aha, see. All right. Right. Now you. 
now you know <laughs> what it's like to have a girl. You know, and I, it's funny because I always said. You wouldn't want your said, girl to be in some situation like exactly. this. Exactly. I had always said that I wanted a boy first. And uh, obviously, I didn't get a boy first. I got a girl. But it was what I needed. Mm. What I wanted was a boy. But what I needed was my daughter. Mm. What I needed was her to show me, hey, to give me a different appreciation of women. Right, right. right. So instead of me being the guy that used to be in the uh, the, the clubs and used to look at women much more objectively as a, as a conquest or as a sexual conquest, um, it got me to look at them as like, hey, that's somebody's daughter. Yeah. That's somebody who who ultimately came from somebody and has people that care about her, you know, and I, it, it changed my outlook. It changed my perspective. It changed how I, I, I talked to women. It changed how I, I treated women. Um, it just, it changed me mm. having this, having this, this, this little girl, because one day she's going to be the object of somebody else's affection. And I would pray that, uh, <laughs> one that I'm still that I'm still a Christian mm-hmm. and I'm still safe, so I don't go, so I don't take anybody out. But <laughs> two, <laughs> two that um they would treat my daughter with the level of respect worthy of her. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I just I believe that we all have the capability of doing something very heinous, and very evil at the time, and that you can you can change, you can turn your life around and there has to be room for that there has to be room for acceptance a level of forgiveness but a level of saying okay we've got to move forward and we have to figure out the best way to move forward period you know everybody has to be able to live their life moving forward and it doesn't make what he did okay there's there's no if ands or buts about it if he raped this young lady it doesn't make it okay but what we can't, what we have to be very, very careful of doing to anybody is writing them off yeah. as completely evil, writing them off as completely abhorrent, writing them off as completely irredeemable, beyond, beyond recognition. We can't do that to people. Um, even people that are on death row, you know, at some point, they made a really bad decision. It doesn't mean that their entire life they made bad decisions, but they made one really bad decision that might have spiraled into multiple bad decisions right right? but at some point there's a good chance that they didn't do that and something happened Mm -hmm. so none of us are none of us are infallible i I will say i I had this similar conversation with some of my guys and one of my guys who's been on the spinoff show christopher satello who's um very religious someone i uh somewhat similar to, to you i believe in in your faith um, he he put it to me like this, uh, quoting the or mentioning the Bible, uh, and I, I want to hear your reaction to it. He he says the Bible is wrought with characters who did ridiculous and sometimes atrocious things, things that would be up there with Game of Thrones. But when we look at it and the stories of how of those people, we learn about how God moves through them to impact people, to move people's hearts, to inspire and even serve as a cautionary tale for people. Yet we still look at them as examples of faith, mistakes and all. It's the same with any human living on this side of heaven. Mm. Well put. Yeah. Well put. Um, and it's true. And I, and that's why, you know, I, and I started to kind of allude to this earlier. I, I, I stopped short. But when Kobe, when Kobe passed, on top of the, the gamut of emotions I felt, because, again, I think I went through all of them, it, it drew me closer to Christ. It drew mm. me closer to my family. It drew me closer to love because what it taught me is that none of this is promised. We we look at the ability mm. to 
go to work, right, and leave our loved ones and say have a great day, you know, and go off to work and do what we do at work and then still make it back home. We look at that and we take those moments for granted. Absolutely. We take being able to do that for granted. We take being able to say, you know, I don't want to talk about this right now. We'll talk later. You know, and maybe not necessarily leaving on the best of terms. We take those opportunities for, for granted because truth be told, when it's time, it's time. Yep. And you don't get the, wait, 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 let me make a phone call. Let me phone a friend. Let me, let me do this. Let me, there's, there's no negotiating. There's no give me two minutes because it's time. Mm. So what it did is it taught me to love unconditionally at all times mm. and to always be loved because we don't have a second chance. You know, it's very something that people get a second chance in life. Absolutely. Um, to walk away from a near death situation is, is a second chance essentially. Um, but what 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 Kobe Bryant was, as far as I'm concerned, that was a very cautionary tale. That was a that was a hey, you don't have time to play. There is no time to 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 have these moments where you're not speaking to your wife. There's no time to have these moments where you're angry with your your brother, angry with your father, angry with your family for whatever that transpired in the past. You know, leave that in the past. There's no time for that now because at the end of the day, when your time is up. There is no redo. There is no stop. Let me make a phone call. There is no chance to turn around and try to get it right because it's done. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when that was one of the big things I took away from this is not only the just dealing with the totality of the human, but I remember thinking about it and just the suddenness of it and going, I'm going to call my parents tonight and say, yep. I love you. Like right before yep. I go to bed, I'm going to tell them I love them. Um, yep. And then they were both like, they were both kind of, like I love you too. <laughs> right, like they, they didn't realize okay? that the inspiration that I, but you know, they they didn't need to know the inspiration. They just needed no. to know that I love them, right? Right. Um, and and that's the thing is you know the 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 impact on you, um, and the impact on everyone else. If if it's make if something like this prompts everyone to be better, right? Right. How do you? That's why I was going. How, how do you just completely discount the human being for? one night in Colorado. Like this yeah. is obviously all good things. Like the world potentially is being, is better right now because of his death. Right. Yeah. The, the, I mean, at least in the immediate moment, the range of emotion where people are, are, I got so many texts from friends like, man, life is short guys. I love you. Like it's right. stuff on, on social media. Right. Like, take, don't take this. Is, it's life is short. Don't take these things for granted. Like all this yes. positivity of, of enjoying life for what it is. So I was just like, Oh man, this is such a, like, this is so tough <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to reconcile the fact that, you know, something bad had happened. But I think, I don't, I don't think it's bad to, to feel this positivity in the wake of his death. Well, you know, I, not to allude to another uh, horrible, horrible, horrible event, but when, when 9-11 happened, mm. right, when 9-11 happened, that was another one of those where were you absolutely when, yeah you know and i know exactly where i was i know exactly where i was the day it happened too yeah. uh, i know exactly what i was doing i know exactly the the way the sky looked yep. the way I, I remember every smell like that was that moment was imprinted yeah in my you, brain. you'll you'll know exactly where like the first time you heard it you'll know you can you could draw a picture of it yep right. you could draw a picture exactly so 
with that being said, there was no. I think I and I was I was in ju- I was a junior in high school, it was junior high school. There was no no I was a sophomore. It's two thousand one, two thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah, it was that was two thousand one. So that would have been a sophomore, sophomore in high school. There was no better time, in my opinion, to be an American than right then and there. Or maybe right after it, because right we after, banded yeah. together. We banded together like something fierce. I mean, we loved each other. We were we were waving the American flag. We were unified, right? We were we were of one spirit, one mind, one body. For for that moment in time, for the, for those months and those years, a couple years afterwards, we were solidified. We were one. Um, Kobe Bryant's pat, and then to kind of parallel it to now when Kobe Bryant passed it caused a lot of us to stop and say I love you right I haven't spoken to you in God knows how long um but whatever that was in the past let's let's bury that leave that in the past I love you I'm sorry let's be better moving forward you know it it causes people to have these moments where they start and they look at their lives I, I think that's where I get where I would get frustrated with somebody wanting to bring up the rape case or even somebody going as far as giving people a hard time for wanting to be supportive of their girls all of a sudden. Mm. You know, we had the hashtag girl dad movement all of a sudden. Mm. And then you have people that want to comment. And some people just want to be cynics. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Absolutely. Some people just want to be the ones to throw shade. So you have some people that want to Some people just say, like the attention of, of throwing shade. Yeah. Right. So they want to be the ones to say, oh, um, it took... Uh, Kobe Bryant dying for y'all don't want to be active in your daughter's oh, life, man. you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's but it's a, true. I've seen it. I've, I've, I've seen, I'm I've seen not them surprised. Say that. That's a, that's a rough I take st- to have, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, I've seen them say that. So, you know, I, I, I look to that and I say, okay, you're, you're not wrong. You're not incorrect in, in, in what you're saying. However, instead of, instead of pointing the instigating incident out why not just celebrate the fact that they've arrived whatever caused them to get here whatever caused them to want to celebrate their child whatever caused them to want to celebrate that love that bond that only a father can have with their daughter let that be what it is Mm. so what Mm -hmm. so what it took kobe bryant dying for some of these guys to truly show how much it means to them to be a father to girls okay but if if it caused you to feel something, if it caused you to feel something that ultimately made you a better person, then is that is that so wrong? Right, right. Is that so bad? I completely agree. Like, why does it have to be? Why I just it it, it kills me that everybody has to be not everybody, but it kills me that people have to be so cynical mm. and so attention hungry and so ready for a hot take. That they have to take that and be like, see, you know, Kobe Bryant had to die for y'all to actually acknowledge y'all kids. However it happened, it happened. Mm. Celebrate the fact that that's where they are now instead of uh, ridiculing them for what it took to get them to that place. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That That is the, by the end, uh, by the end of my, and I'm still thinking about it, but the, by the end, by the end of my, my conclusion was it, it's, it's okay. Like it's okay to feel to feel good about the like feel good about the things he's done in in his life and the and the positivity he's he's given to people like it's fine like you, you right. can feel this way and if and if you don't feel this way that's fine too like however you want to reconcile it's how you're going to reconcile it yep so absolutely um not to 
turn this too too much on its head, but do you have any <laughs> lasting Kobe, Kobe memories that you wanted to talk about in reflection of his career? Oh, man. Um, you know, you think a, a week and a half later, you'd have enough time to really process and be able to put things into proper context. Um, in regards to something like uh, achievement lists mm-hmm. or or favorite moments or top top moments, I think ultimately, truly my favorite my favorite Kobe Bryant memory is not going to be it's not going to be what he scored. Mm. It's not going to be what he did on the basketball court. If I'm just being if I'm just being honest, and that's well, I don't lie to a, me. So good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Coming from a, a a true fan of Kobe, I think my favorite moment really is when he was on Jimmy Kimmel talking about his daughter. Wow! I don't think I've ever seen, uh, honestly, outside of outside of my, my myself, and that's not to gas me up, but I just I'm crazy about my kid. Yeah, you know when she would do little things like she had a violin recital. You know, everybody's supposed to be quiet, and you know when they do their parts, everybody's supposed to be quiet and not say a word. And <laughs> she finished her part, and I'm up screaming with her with her uncle. And, <laughs> You know, like I, I, I didn't care. I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of what she's done. That's an accomplishment. She worked hard to have that moment. I'm proud of her. I'm going to share that moment with her. She hit a, uh, a game winner one time, uh, for a basketball game. And I was a, I was a, you know, a, a, a kind of a coach, a dad coach or whatever. I wasn't the head coach, but I was, you know, one of the guys that came and helped out. And she hits this game winner and I forget about being a, <laughs> a great sport. I come out there and run on the court and, <laughs> celebrate and scream with her right i forget about the whole lineup for handshakes and all that stuff i just i'm in that moment with her so to see him have such a great dad moment is in regards to just how proud he was of not just gianna but of of natalia of, of all of them of all his girls he was just such a he was just so proud of him yeah. and you just don't see that often um especially we have we being black men have such a stigma about not being present, about not being active, about not being involved in our children's lives, um, that it's it's disparaging and it's it's almost jarring when you when you see something to the it, it's jarring to people when you see something opposite of that, mm. right? Like it it uh it, it kills me because you know if they see you if they like if if I get seen walking with my daughter. Or, you know, reading a book to my daughter. People want to assume that I'm such a great father. But you don't you don't know anything about me. You're just seeing this particular moment in time and you're thinking that I'm such a great father. But what if I'm what if I go home and beat my child? What if I go home and, you know, not have anything to do with my child? You don't you don't know anything. You just you're painting this picture because you've already got this idea that we're not great fathers. Mm. And that now because you see me reading, oh, you're such a great dad. How about you just let me be a dad? Mm. You know, let me just let me just be here in this moment. Whatever your predisposed notions of who I am are, just 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 keep that to yourself. Mm. But with that being said, you know, we have this this stigma that we're not involved. We have this stigma that we don't care. We have this stigma that that we we just don't want anything to do with our kids when it's 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 so not it's not the case at all. Mm. Now, there are going to be knuckleheads, absolutely. Everywhere they, they're gonna they be come in all heads. colors. They come in all <laughs> colors, shapes, sizes, genders, races. They it's it's not exclusive to black men, right? So, seeing how excited he was was great because you know it let the world know to me that hey, you know we 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 love our kids. 
this is not just a, we don't want to just go out and have babies and not take care of them. We love our children. And, you know, the media, the, 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 the movies and the, the shows that depict us in a different light and are, are so popular that depict us in a different light. That's just what they are. They're just, they're just shows. They're just movies. It's not, it's not always real life. So mm. my favorite Kobe moments are not going to be things that are on the court. Now, if I'm talking about my favorite on the court Kobe moment, my favorite Kobe on the court moment is two. I have two and it's, it's I can't, it's, it's hard. I can't pick one over the other. So I just have to take them both is when he caught that cross court pass, put it behind his back and did a reverse three reverse 180 against uh i believe it was against the 76ers uh, it was just such it was it was just it's a great clip i just i always <laughs> think back to that clip that's number one number two is when he literally willed the los angeles lakers into the playoffs when they had no business being the year that he had dwight Howard, the year he tore his achilles oh achilles. yeah yeah Ruptured his Achilles. He knows that his Achilles is ruptured. He knows that he can't go on. But he very calmly walks up to that free throw line and buries two clutch free throws to secure the Lakers' playoff berth. Um, I thought that was such a, a poignant moment because he could have very easily just, just not played, but that just wouldn't have been Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know, Kobe played injured more more often than any of us ever know. He'll have had his finger dislocated, walked over to Gary Vitti, who was the trainer for the Los Angeles Lakers at the time, and have Gary pop it back into place, tape it up, uh, splint it next to the other finger, and keep it moving. Like, Kobe was that guy. Yeah. So, to walk out, to, to rupture his Achilles, and then walk to that free throw line and hit two clutch free throws when he has to be in excruciating pain, um, that just said a lot about his guts. That said a lot about who he was at his core. And who he was at his core was somebody that's not going to bow down to being in pain. Somebody that's not going to bow down to, to to being looked at adversely. He, he He's going to embrace the challenge. He's going to embrace the pain. And he's going to do whatever he can to to be the best at what he can do. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's my Kobe moment. Now, of course, you know, there's the 81 points he scored against the Raptors. That's awesome, but... That's not my Kobe. My Kobe moment is him hitting those two free throws mm. with the two, with the ruptured Achilles. Well, you you definitely had a better answer than I'm going to have. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is way more thoughtful, way better, and you're a bigger Kobe fan, so you, you got everything going for you. But I'll try a little. I'll I'll, I'll right, just give a couple it. things. Uh, right, go ahead. The one, the number one thing, obviously, that stuck out to me is the whole Mamba mentality stuff. I mean that mm. that stuff for me. I quite enjoy just because you can apply that to anything yes. in life. Yes. And it's it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's pretty damn Amen. cool that his nickname was the Black Mamba and then he threw in Mamba Amen. mentality. <laughs> That's really cool. I liked the I don't know if you remember, but there was I think it might have been NBA players or might have been any all sorts of different uh athletes, but he went on social media and started giving them all advice on what to do and how to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a really cool moment. Now, some moments on the court. I vividly remember it was the 2000 NBA Finals, and the Lakers were down two games, or up two games to one against Indiana, and Shaq was, I think, fouled out. Fouled out. Fouled out and then yep. that was Kobe's coming out moment because that mm-hmm. series easily could have been 2 2. The Pacers yep. were going to win, should have won that game, and been t- going in 2 2 with the third game at home in a row. Right. Yet 
that was Kobe's coming out moment. So I remember that. Um, obviously the eighty-one point game. I remember when he vanquished the Celtics to win the second title in the world in a row, and how awful he had played. <laughs> yeah, he was awful, man. legitimately he was awful. Eight, I think but it was he, like eight he, for twenty-four or something like that. But he caught every rebound, man. He was not. He he found a way, and that's what great players do. Oh, yeah. They still find ways to impact games. Even if they're not doing what they are known to do, well, I, right? I just remember vividly not only the the impact on the other ends of the, all the other spots in the game, but the fact that when he won that championship and he has his arms stretched out with one ball curled in his hands, and he's just yelling to the sky. I was like, "This is his moment where he is just like I. This is the team that beat me two years ago. It's never going to be any better than that. like this is yep. my moment." To yep. I don't care how badly I played. I am so happy in this moment. And then obviously at the end, the, the last game, that's, that's just a picture-perfect ending for the guy to just go off again and have a, a vintage game. So the, all those were the my encore moments. And then obviously the, what I detailed, Mamba mentality. And then you know off the court, I, I'm, a, like I said earlier, a big fan of detail. The stuff that he had come was working on, um, I was excited for, so... Yeah, I, I, I really had grown to appreciate uh, everything he was contributing to, to not only yeah. sports, but just pop culture. Amen. So, Amen, bro. Um, any final thoughts before we, we wrap up here? Uh, um, Anything you haven't said that you've said on <laughs> other podcasts? You've, was this your third Kobe podcast? Yeah, it's probably like my third, <laughs> third Kobe podcast. Uh, honestly, I think that just 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 live live each moment like like it's the last one i mean i know it's it's very it sounds very superficial very you know oh you just you're just saying that because it's the it's the right thing to say but the truth is we don't know when our last moments are so hug that person that you haven't hugged you know tell your parents that you love them if you have the opportunity to do so um just be 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 the change that you want to see and don't wait till tomorrow to do it mm. because we we're, we're not promised that we're not guaranteed to wake up. We're not guaranteed to make it to that particular moment. So I like to be the type of guy, you know, I get this from my, my, my buddy a lot. You know, he likes to say, I like to give my roses while people are breathing or they're, while they're still alive. I don't like to give my roses once they die. Mm. You know, so I like to, I like to try to adopt that mentality and, and make sure that we tell people that they appreciate it before it's too late before you know it's this it's the last one i don't like to procrastinate about the type of stuff anymore you know so just just embrace that and just 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 live each moment man don't don't if that's if there's something that you want to do that you haven't done yet go do it there you go don't don't wait don't wait you know i was gonna piggyback off of it but we're good there man <laughs> amen to everything <laughs> you just said uh thanks for coming on if, if you would like to listen to tj's on voice from the underground are you on any other stuff? Uh, Voice from the Underground, the podcast. I'm also uh, uh, spending a lot of time with Gerald Glad Glad uh, Glassford. Gerald, what? what? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> do you know, what, do you know who you're spending time with? I, you know, what? I just call him <laughs> Gerald, man. I don't. <laughs> but uh, over at Pop Culture Cosmos and Lakers Fast Break podcast, uh, I'm, I'm a frequent collaborator with him on those. Um, just uh, you know, I'm. I'm I'm trying to be everywhere by not being anywhere at the same time. I don't know how I'm doing about that, but well, <laughs> that's my effort. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll uh, check you out next time. All right. Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. 
Would you like to hear the latest in Marvel television film, video games, and comic books? Or are you looking for some ideas on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day? Well, join Mike and Eric on Mighty Marvel Geeks every Saturday night on Sorcerer Radio and every Sunday on the Weeby Geeks Network for all things Marvel. There is a matter that requires your attention. Mighty Marvel Geeks, assemble. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out! <laughs> we're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear.